At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 22. Mitch, do I even have to ask what edition this is? Um, yeah, sure. Go for it. I don't you know. Don't I, know? Didn't, I, I, I didn't do any research whatsoever for the number. Number 22. It's not. Honestly, it's, it's not even ringing a bell right now. There's, there's nothing in my head at the, at the moment except for the, the topics on our running order. Outside of that, blinders, baby. I'm like a horse driving you're, a buggy. You're going to get so much Mad. heat on Twitter for this. <laughs> you're tuned into the Mike Bossy edition, the edition of oh. the Eyes on Isles podcast. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know that's his numbers in the rafters, Mitch? Legendary Islander? Never 500 heard of plus goals? No? Not Never heard bell. of him. Okay. Oh, you mean Michael Bossy? Oh, oh, you had to say it in a French accent for me to pick it up, buddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> now it's all making sense. Yeah, no, that's a little embarrassing. I don't know why I couldn't think of it. It just, it was completely, I knew as soon as you said it, I was like, I need to know this. No, Kyle Posa was last week. Josh Bailey is 12. What am I missing here? Oh, no. And it was, there was a panic. There was a panic going on in my head, and it's now gone. And the embarrassment is starting to settle in. So welcome to a regular day in my life. It's like when you are all stressed out about taking the SATs and you're like, what is my name? What is my name? And you forget how to write, (laughs) spell your name. Well, we didn't have to do those here. So I I, I don't know what you're talking about. Do you know, you don't know what SATs are? A standardized assessment testing or something like that. Yeah. You have to take it to get into college. Score that you got. Yeah. We don't have that here. Oh my God. Lucky We have standardized testing, but that came in after. I finished high school, so it sucks to be you guys in high school now. Yes. Anyway, we're here yeah. to talk some Islanders with you. Yeah, not high school, because that was a troubling period in my life. Oh, boy. This episode can get dark real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will regale you with embarrassing stories probably on, on the live pod. If anyone's going to be there for the live pod, Ooh, good make plug. sure to ask me about embarrassing high school stories, and I'll cue them up for you. Yes. Now that you mentioned it, can we just do a quick plug on that before we get into Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Okay. So on Friday, February 2nd, just in a couple of weeks, we are doing a live Eyes on Isles podcast episode from the South Hempstead Fire Department. All of the info on it is on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can check it out there for more info. We're doing raffles, and we're going to donate that money to a charity that the Islanders worked with, America's Vet Dogs. So those cute puppy calendars that you should all have, that's the charity we're going to be donating it to. So it should be a good time. It should be a lot of fun. Yes, please come one, come all. Yes, all are welcome. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. So... Mitch, the Islanders are two and one in their last three games. Yes, I I didn't have that same reaction you did because they kind of played like garbage in two out of the three games. Oh, it was a hot tire fire in two of those games, but I'll take the four points at at this time of the of the year for sure. 
like regardless yes they play like hot garbage and it's not to say like i forgive them for that i don't but to see that there are two uh, that are four points on the board i'm happy with the result i'm not happy with how they got that result no i mean obviously the win against the rangers was fantastic they dominated the new second line looked amazing in montreal they blew two separate two goal leads and somehow still slipped away with the victory in overtime. And then against the Devils, they looked okay for a period, and then it was all downhill pretty quickly after that. Oh, yeah, very quickly after that. It seemed almost immediately after the Devils, maybe not immediately, but within 10 minutes of the first period, they were done. Like, they had 10 minutes worth of energy in that game, and that was it. Yeah, that, obviously that's not going to be enough to win a hockey game at this level. You have to play a full 60 minutes, and they didn't even play <laughs> a sixth of that. So yeah, it was it was real bad. Um, um, so what what stands out to you is, is it just the level of play? Is it just what 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 is your takeaway from from these two these three games? You know, what? I'm going to give you a positive one because usually I'm more the negative oh, one. Oh wow, the positive guy. I am in love with this new Islanders second line that has been around the last couple of games due to Andrew Ladd being out of the lineup. I love Bovillier and Barzal paired together. And Eberle, of course, because he has chemistry with Barzal. So I want to ride out that second line for as long as possible, even if and when Ladd comes back. Yeah, sure, why not? Ladd has spent a lot of time on, on that third line last year, and he looked okay at the second half of the season. This is generally when he picks it back up. So, yeah, why, I, I'm fine with that. Hey, if you can string Brock Nelson along and, and get, get him going... Why the heck not? That's my hope with it, at least. It's like the first line when Bailey comes back, we know what that's going to be. The second line was fantastic with, with Ladd, but I, I like what I'm seeing right now because it seems like Beauvillier finally has a role with this team, something that he didn't really have for the longest time. Yeah. And I would give it a shot. I'd say maybe Ladd can get something, pry anything out of Brock Nelson, who has now gone Mitch 50. Oh, no straight regulation periods without a goal. So golf clap oh. it golf clap it up for Brock Nelson. He has now gone fifty. The big five oh. The half a century mark. That's really, really bad. Um like that's un- inexcusable bad. Like at least he's put up I think two points in that stretch. Maybe a few more. I'm gonna say two and I'm pretty comfortable with that number. Um if someone told me it was three, but you know, whatever, plus or minus one. Um, but other than that, he has looked abject, invisible, just not there whatsoever. And it's depressing to see. He did drop the gloves, though, last night, which was bizarre. I just was not yeah. expecting that at all. Well, maybe because it's the first time he's ever done it in his career. True. So that's probably why. And he's not generally that type of player. But maybe that's something that we needed to see from Brock Nelson or Brock Nelson needed to see from himself. Just to, I'm going to try something. I'm done. I'm tired. Maybe you harping on him every period has just gotten to him. And he's finally, you know what, done. I, I, I need to just get out of this funk. And maybe getting into fisticuffs is the best way to do it. And look, if you're going to do it or if you're, if you're going to get into a fight, the best place to do it is in a hockey rink because you're only going to get five minutes for it. There's no salt charges coming. There's nothing else. You're, you're going to get five minutes. You're going to sit down in your little box and cool down, and then you can go play again. 
You have some drunk, angry fans yell at you. That's about it. Yeah, Max. Um, I did look it up because you had me curious. He has two points over this stretch. See? Yes. But I, I counted up. Do you know how many games it's been since he scored? Um, 50 periods. Oh, no, 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 really... no math. Just throw out a number here. Let's, oh, I'm going to say guess. 13. 16 games oh. without a goal. Oh, out of 45, 46, is it they're at now? 46. So he has made it almost a quarter of the way through an NHL season without a goal and with two points to his name. With the contract season coming up. I know he's RFA, but still, still you want to be able to, you know, boost them numbers. Those are rookie numbers, bad rookie numbers. Maybe not bad rookie, but not good rookie. I know you probably think that I hate Brock Nelson, and I do, but <laughs> I want him to. I want him to succeed. Don't don't get me wrong. I would love for him to score thirty goals, but I must say there is a little cynical bone in my body that has enjoyment tweeting out after every single period what number are we up to. I hope it goes like to a hundred. This is just getting to like ridiculous oh, zone and I'm ready to no, ride it out. I, I I want it to end tomorrow. Just just score, Brock. Just against Boston, please just score. Get the monkey off your back. You this is the time where he's supposed to be trending upwards, generally. Right? You got October, November, he does okay. December it falls into a valley. January he dips it lower and it's starting to crescent back up. He like he like I said before he follows the period of uh, of sunshine in a day. And the more sun there is in a day, the better Brock Nelson gets. He's a vitamin D haddock attic. I was gonna say anyways another word and it didn't want to come out, so I went with attic instead. Mid word. Um, he, he just this is the time he's gonna bring it out. So maybe against Boston he breaks it. Please Brock, for the love of God, just. Just score against Boston so we don't have to hear about this anymore. Just please. Okay. You know how I'm usually good for one hot take an episode? Oh, boy. I have a hot take for you. Okay. We know how bad Alan Quine is on the top line. Okay. I'm glad you caveated that, but yes, agreed. All right. So we get him. We wave him. Send him to Bridgeport because we know he is clearing waivers. There's no way anyone's picking him up. If somebody does, who cares? That's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Well, this is kind of not this is not going to fit really cuz Bailey's coming back. But if Bailey wasn't coming back so soon, what would you think of putting Brock Nelson as a first line right wing? Um I I think I heard Stan Fischler say that after um the Devils game and I'm okay with it. If it gets Brock Nelson going, fine. Whatever, fine. As long as there's no negative impact on that top line, and probably this is where you're going, it's going to be better than having Alan Quine um, there. That's so. exactly where I was going. So yeah, I'm fine with it. Like, look, I I like Alan Quine as a, as a player. I think he no. he he's, he's Casey Zizek is light. He's perfectly suited for that fourth line role. I love him there. That's where he slots. That's his bread and butter. Don't put him on the top line. Like he's going to try his hardest. He's going to do his best. But unfortunately, he he's not to that caliber. He's just not. And, and a lot of people might say, well, look at the Pittsburgh Penguins when they put Brendan Rust up there. He was kind of the same guy, and it worked. Yeah, it worked. Brendan Rust was just that type of player where it worked. It's not working with Alan Quine. He tried it. It didn't work. Look, it didn't work with Cal Clutterbuck last year. 
it just it doesn't work most of the time with these types of players. So just no. can we stop the experiment? Put someone else up there. Like you said, Nelson, fine. Bovillier even. Remember last year when he was up there for a little bit? That was great. Anything. I would, I would rather go back to Clutterbuck at this point. I can't. <sighs> You'd, would you rather Quine than Clutterbuck on the top line, Mitch? Yeah, sure. Just Wow. It, it's not to say that I think Quine is better than Clutterbuck. It's the idea that Doug Waits sees something in Quine that, that merits him being up there. Whatever that is. If it's just a hunch, if it's whatever. I could tell you exactly what it is. One time, two years ago, he scored a big goal in double overtime, and that's it. That's all he's done ever. That's it. That's his entire, he scored one big goal in his life, Mitch. That's all he's done. Nothing. So Doug, Doug Waite comes to, to Alan Quine's locker and he's like, all right, Alan, you remember that time you scored in double overtime? Remember that feeling? Remember how you were on top of the world that day? Well, I'm going to need you to keep feeling like that for the rest of the next two weeks until Josh Bailey gets out because you're playing on the top line with Johnny. All right, break. Good luck. And Alan Quine is just sitting there going, um, that was, that was, that was, oh boy. Oh, please no. Oh he, God, no. And he, he was on the top line in that series too, Mitch. It's insanity. I know. Like, but that's the thing. That, that's why I say, no, I, I, I don't think we should put Clutterbuck because I know what happens. So why why make it not better is where I'm going with this. If we're going to have a bad thing and an, and an equally bad thing, just keep the equally bad thing that's already there. Fair. So, that's fair. Um, I, I wanted to bring up one thing before we move on. Um, we talked about how the Rangers game was a, a great thing. Uh, it was terrible with the Devils because they dropped like rocks after 10 minutes. Uh, but I wanted to bring up the Habs game. Not so much because of the performance they put in, but because of the performance that Carey Price put in. It's not every day that you're going to go into Montreal and face a Carey Price that's going to put up a, an 8.33 save percentage. True. They, they got 24 shots on Carey Price and scored four goals. Sorry, five with overtime. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's amazing. They should have won that game handedly. Or, well, they did win, so like... Anyways, th- th- you don't score five goals against Carey Price. You don't. Unless you're barraging him with shots like the Habs did to a uh, uh, one Thomas Grice where they put up 56 shots. And, and you know what? That's a team record for the Habs. A team record for the Montreal Canadiens. They've been around since 1862 or whatever it is. And this almost is the as long highest. As yeah, I know. Almost as old as I am. Um and they've just now eclipsed that. That's insane. In today's game, that's insane. The Islanders should be ashamed of themselves with the performance they put on that night. They're lucky they won. They are lucky they won. I agree 100%. How they somehow escaped Montreal with a victory is honestly beyond me. I thought they blew two goal a two-goal lead twice. Yeah. Normally, if you do it once, you don't win. But doing it twice and still winning... Yeah. It's an anomaly in itself. Against Carey Price, who I know isn't having the greatest year this year, but he's still Carey Price. He yeah. still has that potential in him as a game changer. And he did not change that game that night. Uh, or if he did, it was in the Islanders' favor. But to then say, like, we stole that game, we were lucky, and then to go back home against the Devils and put the stinkiest of stinkers up, oh, un- inexcusable. Very true. Uh, so, two and one. Yeah. Not great, but no. we'll take it one point out of a playoff spot at the yeah, moment. Yeah, sure. That's fine. On to short topic number two. 
our boy Michael Dalcole got called up. I'm saying yeah. our boy facetiously. There you go. Easy for you to say. Yeah, I wouldn't come out for some reason. Uh, he's played three games, Mitch. What are we thinking so far on Dalcole? Uh, I'm I'm lukewarm on him, but I'm I'm okay if he stays. Mainly because w- what I wrote when he was called up uh, was all I want to see from Dalcole is not be a negative. Just look like you belong and don't be a negative out there. Now, I don't know how Doug Waite sees the situation. He made this kind of reference the other day against the Devils that some guys aren't pulling their weight, it seems. Um, who those some guys are, nobody knows. Uh, I, I'm hoping that Dal Cole is not one of them. I'm hoping he's doing enough to say, like, I belong at the NHL level because I have the capacity to play at this level. I just hope he's not doing anything negative. I haven't seen anything negative so far, so it would lead me to believe that he's not, but I'm not I'm not Doug Waite. Okay. Oh boy. I'm a little biased on the situation. A little. I understand. I'm gonna try and look at this as objectively as possible. Oh wow, okay. I thought you were gonna go complete like Oh, this, that was just okay. a setup, but you'll oh, see yeah. where I'm going. <laughs> you set me up to build break me down. Great. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He hasn't been a problem per se in these three games, but he hasn't really done anything, bitch. Yep, that's true. In 40 minutes of ice time in his three games, he has zero shots on goal, no goals, no assists, no points, a zero plus minus, zero penalty minutes. He's taken one shot that wasn't on goal. Okay. He's made one hit and blocked one shot. He's kind of just there. He's not really doing anything. He's just skating around, kind of slow, and just there. He's Jason Chimera from the start of the season. The slow version of Jason Chimera, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if i call him slow. I wouldn't call him quick, but... And maybe that that's just it. Like, there's not... It's playing into the point that you're making is that he's perfectly average. Or maybe not average, but, like, baseline. As in, like, he can play here, but he's not adding anything and he's not taking anything away he's just there yeah so it's just very like i've been eh, on him like he put a couple good shifts together and i'm like okay you know that that's not bad but i mean you've watched the last three games have you really noticed him that much out on the ice i know he's only no. playing 13 minutes a night but i'm not really noticing him that much that's still a lot remember when bovillia couldn't get more than 10 minutes under capuano true when he started, so the, the, 13 minutes is still a considerable amount of minutes for a rookie. Um, but I, it brings me back to my point is that he's not, you're not noticing him because you're not, you're, you're not getting any of the positives, but you're also not noticing him because he's not doing anything negative out there, mm-hmm. right? Which I'm hoping is him just trying to find his feet in the NHL, right? Remember when Barzal started, he had those two games and he was completely starstruck. Although yeah. to be fair with him, they put him on the ice for... The Capitals and the Montreal Canadiens. Like Alex Ovechkin, Carey Price, Nicholas Backstrom, uh, Max Pacioretty, I guess that doesn't really matter to him so much. But still, these big-name players that he's playing up against in, in games one and two. And that was it. Done. Sent back. Maybe this is for, for Dal Cole. This is just kind of get him getting his legs going. I'm not going to get intimidated. I'm just going to take my time. And I'm going to do it the right way. Like, we know he developed slow. He's been, what, he was drafted in 2014, and we're now 2018. He's finally getting to the NHL. So he's just a slow 
his process might take a little bit longer. So that's why I, I thought as long as he's not a negative out there, which he hasn't been. So I'm, I'm hoping that by Boston, Chicago, and maybe even by the time Arizona hits, he's still around. And that's when he can hit his stride and start showing what he can do. So I guess my next question for you is what is your realistic expectations for him? So when we say expectations, are we talking about like production type stuff? Yeah, production. And then like how long do you expect him to be here and what do you expect him to start producing yeah. at? I think he was called up on an emergency basis, if I'm not mistaken, when Ladd went down. So that I, I think the way it works is that as soon as Ladd comes back or is available again, he's got to go back down. So I don't know when when Lad's coming back. We haven't heard. I, I picture he's probably going to be around for the road trip when they go to Vegas. Or if Lad isn't back by the time they head out to Chicago on Friday, we'll say, then I would expect that Del Cole will be around till the twenty fifth, maybe. Okay. And and between then, I hope he gets at least a point or two in terms of production, and that I that everything else stays the same. No turnovers or not too many turnovers. Um, no penalty minutes. He's, you know, within a reasonable plus minus range for looking at that. His Corsi numbers are okay. I, I just don't want him to turn into a negative. I don't want him to start taking those chances because he's trying to push for something he doesn't necessarily have this season. Just get your feet under you, get comfortable at the NHL level, and you'll be back next year and, 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 and own it. What are, what are your expectations for him? I think, I guess similar to yours in a sense, I don't think he's going to have that, big of an impact i think he's just going to be a, a, another guy out there on the ice like kind of like tanner fritz in a sense right uh i think he i don't get me wrong i think dal cole has much more of an upside than someone like tanner fritz but they're both kind of just taking up space they're not they're not doing a whole lot to on the on the positive end but they're not super negative players at the same time that they kind of fall somewhere in the middle, I guess. Um, I don't know. Maybe I would like them to get a couple points before he goes back down. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I think everyone would like that for that to happen. Is it feasible for it to happen? I think so. Like just even in Arizona, anyone can score against Arizona, it seems. Um, but we'll we'll see. Like Vegas is going to be a tough test. Vegas at home. So that's going to be if- tough. What if he gets up to, like, seven... He's at three right now. What if he plays something like seven games before he's sent down and he still doesn't have a point? Are you concerned? Do you care? No, I don't. I don't. Again, for me, all of this is essentially like a fact-finding mission to make sure that Dalakola can play at the NHL level and be comfortable. And I think that's what what this is all about. And they'll send him back down. He's going back down anyways um, for the rest of the season whenever Ladd comes back. And then that's where, okay, now get your game under underneath you to know that you can play at the higher level and next year come back and, and hit it. I think that's it. I think that that's the best case scenario right now. If he does better than that and he starts lighting the league on fire, great. Uh, I just, I, I don't, I don't want to I want to manage my expectations. Honestly, I would like him to perform well and then the Islanders try and bait him in a trade. Sure fine just because look i as much as i don't i i'm not happy with his performance since he's been drafted if he performs well i wouldn't mind moving him for something you really need just because me personally i am higher on Kiefer bellows as a prospect 
than Michael Del Cole, so I'd feel more comfortable moving away from him and instead having Bellos on my third line next year. Sure, yeah, I'm. you're not going to get any debate from me on that. That's just the justification for it on my end. But if, if Del Cole performs, stays up here and starts performing well, no, good on him, and then go back to Bridgeport and continue to be on your hot stretch down there. Perfect. Yeah. Agreed. All right. For our short topic number three, we want to talk a little bit about Yaroslav Halak. He has played much better of late, but there has been one issue with him. Not with him, but when he's in net. The amount of shots he has to face. It's absurd, Mitch. It's insane. What, what I want to look at... Yeah, okay. I was going to look at five. his game log. Last five. Shots against... Um, 42, 39, 46, 38, 37. Not a single game under 35 shots in his last five starts. The last time he faced anything less than 35 shots was December 13th Eesh. against Dallas. He still gave up, he gave up four goals on 20 shots, which was pretty bad, but it, it's been a while. He's got his work cut out for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's he's definitely got his work cut out for him. Maybe it's just the idea the team is finally comfortable with him back there, and so they let things go a little bit. Maybe maybe not. That, that may be completely oversimplifying the situation of the two injuries on the back end to uh, Boychuk and, and Dahan, uh, and just the injuries up front, right? So Bailey, Ladd, uh, who else am I missing here? Sezikis. I'm missing someone else. Kuhlman, whatever. Uh, and, and coming in, are these younger, less experienced players who, like Tanner Fritz, even like Bovillier for a while, um, who may not have that defensive game there yet, who, you know, leaves, leave the man open, make rookie mistakes. And so that leads to a lot of shot opportunities, and we're, we're seeing it. Halak's getting his work in. I just wanted to look something up because I was curious with him. The last time... Halak played a full game and faced under 30 shots was November. Wow. So it's it's been a while. He's had a lot of mileage on him because they've been riding him out because of the Thomas Gray situation, although I did think he played pretty well, all things considered, in Montreal. Yeah. Um, but, Mitch, I know you pulled up some uh, advanced statistics with Yaroslav Halak and how we compare it to the rest of the league. I wanted to get into that a little bit. Yeah, so it's all fine and dandy to look at save percentages and uh, and even to look at goals against average, but that doesn't paint a whole picture. What I wanted to look at is high-danger save percentages. So how good is he in those really risky situations, in those situations where you're, you're more likely to get a goal? And his save percentage in high-danger situations is 80. And you go, okay, great, that sounds bad, but... That sounds bad based off of Jets' general save percentage. I wanted to see how he compares to the league. So what I, what I pulled up on Corsica.hockey is all goalie stats for this season. And I took out anyone who hasn't played more than 500 minutes or 499 minutes. And then I said, okay, well, what's the average high danger save percentage in the league? And it's 79.48. And Halak's at 80 point. I think it was 80.2. So he's above average in terms of high danger save percentages. And then you're like, well, okay. So he's above average there. 
So that means he's not, most of the goals he's letting in aren't, maybe not most of the goals, but he's below average in other areas, which is kind of disappointing when you think about it. Like, I thought that the high danger save percentage was going to be really, really low and really, really bad. Like Halak is just good everywhere else. It's just the aisles are really bad at limiting high danger, save, like high danger opportunities. But that's, that doesn't seem to be the case. Right. That is interesting. I thought it would be a lower number. Like, I know we were talking off the air before we started recording. Uh, Thomas Grace's high danger save percentage is, like, pitiful. It's brutally bad. It's 67.02. Oof. I didn't know if it was going to be that low, but I thought it would definitely be below average in the lower 70s. But to be above 80%, that's that's not bad. Yeah, so it's 80.6 is high danger save percentage. Uh, which is right there in like the the middle of the pack, right in 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 the league. So he's he's giving us average goaltending there. It's just breakdowns are happening everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So like his medium save, medium danger save percentage is ninety three. Grice's is ninety one. His low danger save percentage, Halak's is ninety seven point two. Grice's is ninety eight point six. So just by those numbers and 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 considering the context of what we said about Grice already. You can see that Halak is a little bit weaker in other areas than than his counterpart is, so maybe that that that's where the the the, the 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 difference is coming. Right, and another thing that I found interesting was his save percentage while the Islanders were on the power play. Oh yeah, way low, point seven eight eight. His previous career low well there was one year he only played uh in 2012-2013 the short yeah, are you looking he... at the power play percentages or the shorthanded percentages i think what you're saying is his shorthanded opportunities against essentially how how good is he shorthanded or sorry when his team is on the power play yeah when his team is on the power play yeah okay sorry but yeah it... th- it's low. It's low. He had one year at point uh, seven fourteen, which is like brutally bad. But everything else was pretty good. Like last year is point nine three three. The year before that was also point nine three three. Right, but like I think there that that's more of a team thing, right? Because what we're talking here is how many shorthanded goals is he letting up, and the Islanders, as we know, have let up the league's most. I think it is at nine, or is it eight shorthanded goals against? Um. And I don't know if you can necessarily blame the goalie for those because most of those are going to be breakaways, right? So you're already 50-50. Yeah. True. Um, what I think we should focus on is essentially his power play save percentage. So when the, oppos- the opposition is on the power play, he's at an 862. Right. Which is the lowest since 2012 when he had an 860. Sorry, no. 2014 when he had 855. He's been an above 915 or 915, 912 the last two years. So he's been getting great. We've been getting great save percentages from Halak on uh, on the power play or on the on the penalty kill, except for this year, which is a problem, which, you know, makes sense considering the Islanders penalty kill is what one of the worst in the leagues. Right. Are we still 30th? I think we might be 28th now. We might have gone up a few notches. <laughs> So it's important to see that, that that it may not necessarily be all on Halak. There's definitely some some team wide things here where he's giving up 
he's pretty average in, in most places, but in some other places he's not. And some of those other places where he's not above average or at least at average, you can kind of look at, at the team and say, well, that looks like a team thing. Right, because I feel like earlier on this year, we were having a lot of debates where is this the goalies, is this the defense? I think what we're finding out as the season's going on is it's a little bit of both. I, I think we have that it was the, the goaltending at the beginning of the year, and as we, we transcend into the middle part of the season, it's now the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't have both, it seems. We can't have good defense and, and, and okay goaltending for some reason. We're not allowed yeah. to have those. No. We, why can't we have nice things? No, exactly. You want to get into the long topic for mm-hmm. this week's episode? Fan favorite, uh, Eyes on Isles favorite, Josh Hosang is in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And it hasn't been a fun time for him down in Bridgeport. No. Kind of questionably almost could have been thrown underneath the bus by his coach. I guess we'll start there. What did yeah. you think of Brent Thompson's uh, quotes? calling him immature and then a baby. Well, he, he called him baby first and Im- immature second, and they weren't used in conjunction. Um, at first, you read the headline, and it sounds terrible. You know, right. Joshua's hanging is a baby and immature. Oh, my God, what is happening? And then when you read it, you're like, okay, that still sounds bad. That, that sounds really bad. But then when you hear his justification, the writer's justification, he was, oh, well, Brent, I asked him, I asked Brent Thompson about Joshua Sang still being young, and what he was telling me is that Joshua Sang is a baby because Joshua Sang is so young. And you're like, that's not what you wrote. And and, and let's assume that 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 you're that you're right. Fine, I I I can absolutely see where that's true. But man, I wish that had been clarified in the piece because, oh boy, Oof. maybe it was, and I just I I just misread it. Maybe well, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna retract what I said and give him the benefit of the doubt on both sides. I'm not gonna get mad about it because I know when people get mad about something I write, I get it. Um, but it seems that Brent Thompson was just referring to his age when he called him a baby. Uh, however, that doesn't preclude that he's not immature. So the immature comment still stands. That's rough to hear from your coach. He just he just threw you under a bus. I know you didn't want to say it, Matt, but I did. Yeah, I don't. I didn't like that. Con- I know that uh, people got on me for saying like, "Oh, he was just talking about his age," and why didn't he use the full quote? Was well, because those are the two words that stuck out to me. Like, how would you feel if you were a young kid, tw- twenty-one years old, and then your coach is saying, "Oh, you're a baby and you're you're immature." I don't know. To me, I just feel like the, one of the things that makes Josh Hosang great is his confidence, and the Islanders are just keep like beating down on his on his confidence and I don't know I just feel like we're gonna see another Ryan Strom situation Oof. that's my fear I think um, he has he has more talent yeah and the ceiling could be higher but I just I haven't liked the handling of Josh Hosang this year from the get-go yeah and and this is where I, I got to in one of my pieces uh, where I said that Josh Hosang has to has to fix this. He does, not the team. It's not to say the team isn't without blame here. It's that the team has the opportunity to be this rigid. They could say, we're setting a line and we want you to do this. And we can withhold ice time. We can do whatever we want. Maybe not whatever we want, but we have a lot more tools and avenues at our disposal to mold you and break you into the player that we want you to be, whether you like it or not. 
And the player has very few. They could say, I don't want to play for you anymore, like the Jonathan Drouin, and we saw how that worked out for him. Uh, he ended up doing well and got traded out to Montreal eventually. But he had to play. He couldn't just sit out and not do anything. Um, so it's up to the player because it's, in, it's completely in his control. If, if the team wants him to do X, Y, Z, try to do those things. If you can't do them, you can't do them. Do them to the best of your ability. That should show up eventually. Um, and if you can do them, do it. You might not like it, but that's all you've got because the team can set the line and they can be rigid with it and you cannot as a player. Sorry, that's just how it works. I don't like it either, but that's just how the system is set up right now. So you can't, what are you going to do? Fight it and say, screw it, I'm going to sit out? No, you can't do that because now you're not playing the game that you want to play and you're, you're really just shooting yourself in the foot. So what do you think specifically Josh Hosang needs to do different? Is it the attitude slash confidence or is it, trying to play a more defensive game and not take as many chances. I don't think he needs to change anything. What I meant by that piece, or not even what I meant, but what, what the, the point of that piece is, is that, or, sorry, what I meant to, no, that's not what I want to go well, with. Can I rephrase I'm, my question? Could it, what sure do you think you want, the Islanders want there we go. to do different? Yeah, I didn't want to put words in the Islanders' mouths because I don't know what, where they're going with this. I don't know what they want. But Joshua saying certainly does. Right, The Islanders must have communicated to, to him and say, we want you to stop turning over the puck. We want you to skate in straight lines, whatever the heck that means. And we want you to, uh, I don't know, flip your stick whenever you score a goal. We'll say that that's what it was. It's not, but let's just say that's what it was. He can go and change those things or work on changing those things in whatever capacity he can. And as long as he's working to change those, I think the team, the team will be appeased. Um but he's not for whatever reason. I, I, and again, I don't know what those three things are or four or five or six or one thing is. I don't know, but he knows what they are and he needs to work on them, whatever that is. Right? Like, did, yeah. do you see it otherwise? Or I don't know why the island, it just seems like they have this agenda against him. Um, sure, maybe. Like, what I, what I don't get is... How some players are treated versus versus others. Like, the veterans have so much more leeway and stuff like that. Like, okay, for instance, not that he's necessarily a veteran, but Alan Quine had a terrible turnover last night. If that was right. Josh Hosang, he would have been on the next bus to Bridgeport. Um, defense. I, I, and I say defense, and you're going to go, well, we're not talking about defense. But all I'm saying is that his defensive game is probably more complete. And so that, mean, that means more. Why? I don't know. Because the game is, is still, you still have to score goals. Sure, you have to stop them, and you have to play soundly enough to, to prevent the team from scoring against you. But you still have to generate enough scoring chances on your own to, to score goals. And, and to me, that seems more important. Um, but I, and I, I think that's just it. And with veterans, you've got proof of concept. Or the potential for proof of concept. Where you say someone like Jason Chimera has over a thousand games played in the NHL and you go, well, I know what he's all about. I know he can play at the NHL level because he's done it a thousand times before, literally. Yeah, well, that's not necessarily how it, it works when you get to 38 years old. That's not how it works anymore. And the frustrating part for me with Hosang is you look at how many injuries this team has and the fact mm. that Alan Quine's playing on the top line. Would it really hurt you that much to just call him back up here and see if he helps you out on offense at all? 
The Islanders have been. You can't say that the Islanders' bottom six hasn't been atrocious. And he can't be somewhat of an upside and give you some secondary scoring from your bottom two lines. I don't know. I think, personally, he's worth the shot, especially with the amount of injuries the Islanders have had. Yeah, I, 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 I won't disagree with that. I just think that the Islanders are probably thinking, we sent him down for a reason. We want him to fix that. We want that to be fixed because he's worth too much to us to not fix it. I think. I don't know. I, I feel like that's they're spiting yourself doing that, though. Sure, probably. Like, and, and look, they didn't want to do that with Anthony Bovillier. They sent him down. They said, ah, well, you know what? Pff, the experiment is done. Don't worry about it. Come back. You scored your two goals. You're good. And, and may, obviously the tasks or the goals for Bovillier were different than, than Hosang when they sent him down. But it just seems that, okay, well, which which one is it? And I, Clearly, it means that Hosang has not reach the goals that the uh, that the organization has set out for him. So he needs to work on that. Whatever that is, I don't know what it is. I I'm I'm honestly I'm putting it on him and you may some people may say that's not fair, but think about it. He again, the team has the ability and the, the, to be as rigid as they want to be. The players don't. They have to be flexible to what the team that drafts them wants from them. That's how this works. Or they can they can leave town. They could be a begrudging player like Nino Niederreiter and just eventually leave town and hope that they do better somewhere else. But it doesn't always work that way. No. The last thing that I have to say on Hosang, in 22 games with the Islanders this year, he has 12 <laughs> points. Yeah. And in 19 games with the Sound Tigers, he has 13 points. So he's still producing points. He's giving you offense. Yeah, th- that's clearly not what they sent him down to do, though, right? Like, that's I, not just, what they're looking for. That That's kind of like a known quantity for them. I know. It's just frustrating me. Yeah, I feel like I, know. I don't keep hitting on these points and the saying, like pointing out, in my opinion, the ridiculousness of it. I don't know. It's my coping mechanism, Mitch. Don't question <laughs> it. I will question anything and everything I want to. Like, why the Islanders are being so hard on Joshua Sang. I don't, I don't get it either. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. If he's going to make mistakes, let him make mistakes in the NHL and te- teach him at the NHL level. Mm-hmm. But I'm, there's a reason I'm not a coach. But to be fair, they could probably use a guy like Joshua Sang in the lineup. Just saying. Yes. Garth, we know you're listening. Make it happen. <laughs> That's right. All right. I uh, want to get into the social segment. Yes. Okay. I know you had a couple of tweets that you wanted to share with us. Yeah. So this is essentially my highlights of the week portion where there are two tweets that I wanted to bring up that uh, really uh, what you, floated my boat this week. Uh, and the first one comes from at College Cross or C-R-O-S-S-E. I don't know how to pronounce that necessarily. I'm going to say Cross. Anyways, his tweet says, Not many owners would stand outside enemy territory and take pictures with fans, but I also have one who is all for the fans. Great to see, and he adds a bunch of people, not us. Still found it. And it's a picture of John Ledecky outside of MSG taking pictures with people. And it's not just he's out there taking pictures. They're wearing Isles gear outside of MSG. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, I love it. Big I props to that. Le- I was going to say, I think John Ledecky is very self-aware when it comes to Islanders fans. He knows how much this fan base loves the team, and I think he appreciates that, and he will go above and beyond and like stop and take pictures and talk with fans. I think that's really cool. You don't see that a lot. 
Yeah, he may not put out ads in the paper shooting down the Rangers like previous owners have done, but he's he's on that level where he gets it, and he's very um, I'm going to say memeable because he he's always taking pictures, and it's he's he, he knows what's going on. He's outside of MSG taking pictures with with a fan, and it's it's not like a a league wide taboo that you don't do that. Clearly, these there are Islanders fans going to MSG to watch the Islanders play at MSG. It's just it's a funny juxtaposition. Ooh, good word. Thank you. Uh, the uh, last tweet that I had was from Brian King. Uh, he is not an Islanders fan. He's actually an Edmonton Oilers fan. And this is kind of flow with the narrative of, of, of what we've seen recently. Um, the New York Islanders traded Ryan Strong, Griffin Reinhardt, and a third-round pick for the entire second line, which was Beauvillier, Barzal, Eberle. And then he ends his tweet, space, space, hashtag fire Shirelli. Yeah, we agree. We agree, Brian. Uh, that was Brian at uh, Kinger999. Uh, totally agree with that. Thank you for the second line, uh, Peter Shirelli. Um, I don't want the Oilers to fire Peter Shirelli. I want, <laughs> I want Garth to fleece him one more time. <laughs> we still need Riot Nugent Hopkins or someone else of that. Connor for McDavid, old, please. For old time's sake. Yeah, that would be nice. That's all I had. Uh, those, those are my two highlights of the week. Okay, I had a couple fun ones. Um, first of all, this one's a little bit more of a news, but we saw some friends skating on the ice yes. today. Our boy, yes. Josh Bailey. Woo. Looks like he could be back tomorrow, potentially. Oh, uh, that'd be amazing. Oh my God. Thank God. Yeah. Lad was on the, uh, let's see if we get the full list. Johnny Boychuk, Sezikis, Andrew Ladd, and surprisingly, Nikolai Kuhleman on the Dang. ice. God, Jesus, Nikolai, come on. It's great to see him back. I hope he can play a few games and end his Islander career that way. Because um, let, let's let's face it, he's he's done for us. Um, but I I really I was really kind of earmarked his salary as <laughs> LTIR cap relief so we can get a top four defenseman. But I'd rather see him play than not, I guess. I guess. Although I still would rather that top four D. Yeah, I would too. Sorry, Nico. Yeah, sorry about that. You and your and, health. And there was one more quick one. I don't know if you saw uh, Freeman's 31 Thoughts that came yeah, out. I did. The devil's showing interest in Brock Nelson? Yeah. What? <laughs> please, devils. Oh, my God, please. What can we get? Look, Johansson. We'll take Marcus Johansson off your hands, please. <laughs> I don't know how the cap works out because I know what his I don't know what his cap is like, and I know that we're we're pretty high up against it. But please, come on. And or or I don't know. Jeez, um, what's the other? Uh, God, I keep forgetting his name. Not Green, not Woods, not Lovejoy. What's the the, the rookie defenseman they just picked up from college? Will Butcher. Got it. Him. Oh, Will Butcher. We'll, we'll take him off your hands. No problem. I don't think they're getting rid of him. Um, that that would be. I, I would be willing to let Brock go to divisional rival. Yes, I would too. So long as we play that divisional rival in December and January only. Oh, I, I like that. It, it took me a second for that one to register because that's his hibernation <laughs> period. That's right. That's when he's. That's when he's sleeping. Oh, that's good. Peak hibernation period for Brock. So that's perfect. As long as we can put that as a condition. So like a, a conditional fourth round pick with Brock Nelson and the conditions that we can only play the Devils on in December and January. Done. Lock it in. Yeah, perfect. All right. Um, 
before we put a bow on this episode, I want to once again plug the live podcast. Mm-hmm. So you probably heard us say this already, but in case you tuned in late, which it's a podcast, so I can't see how that really works. <laughs> anyway, skipped ahead to the listen, end for some reason. <laughs> sorry, I'm used to live radio, so that's why, that's why I did that. Anyway, February 2nd, 7 p.m., South Hempstead Fire Department, be there. We are going to do live raffles, games, trivia. So you could be walking away with prizes for free. There is free drinks and food, and you could talk Islanders with us two idiots. What is there not to do on a Friday? That's, that's the perfect thing to do. Yeah, why not do that? Hmm? Love it. I'm going to be doing it because I'm going to be there. I'm driving all the way from Canada. The least you guys could do, guys and girls could do, is drive, I don't know, wherever you're from. Everything, another thing you learn when you come to Long Island, everything's 15 minutes away, no matter where it is. Seriously? No, but that's what everyone says. (laughs) If you ask someone on Long Island, like, oh, how far is place X? They'll say, "Eh, 10, 15 minutes. That's always a standard answer. That's the thing? Okay. Yeah. You guys can all quiz me on my Canadiana when we're when we're there. Oh, do you know what we might have to do? When I might have to here? bring some Canadian money so you can smell it for its Does maple it syrupiness. Weird? No, it's got Is maple it? syrup in it, like you said last, like a while ago. I did. I, had some money I don't even here. remember that. That was a while ago. Okay, we should do like I should have to teach you like Long Island things, and you'll have to teach me Canadian things. Perfect. Done. Okay. That'll be one of the games. Okay. I like it. So, so we'll have to come up with a list. And that's coming up pretty quick. So next week is going to be our regular scheduled show. But then the following week, we're going to be doing it live on Friday. Whoa, that's so quick. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to meeting all of you beautiful people. Absolutely. So always give us a follow on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. We're giving you gifts live updates, <laughs> all your favorite stuff. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at T-L-O Mitch. Give us a like on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. And as always, visit that website, eyesonisles.com for all your Islanders needs. Mitch, have yourself a good night. You too, Matt. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.